0: Other tone, 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 tone.
1: This is a true story. Draptomaniacs uses dramatizations, primary sources, and the research of black historians to depict real events and historical figures. Today's episode features Brandon Victor Dixon, Angelica Ross, Panama Jackson, and Charlemagne the God. Previously on, your freedom is
0: in jeopardy. The first African-American.
2: I had never been on a cruise before, and my man P. Dizzy was obsessed with two things, gold and his wrinkles.
0: We got to know the smooth-talking conquistador.
1: Juan Garrido, a.k.a. Pretty Boy Johnny, was the first. Technically, he wasn't the first. The audience still has the final say on who they think the first African-American was. The first of our three contestants. Right, right. Thought you were going to say the
0: first African. Yeah, but I wasn't going to say that, was I? My bad. The audience shared their thoughts on colonial decrees.
2: Ma'am, according to Spanish law. Fuck, Spanish law.
0: And the other two contestants, riverbed aficionado Black Steve. Tell
3: them we was kings. And the spirited spokesperson representing the first civil rights protesters. I'm pretty sure that's intentional infliction of emotional abuse.
0: Kept interrupting the show's narrator in the middle of his intro. Look, I was just doing my job.
1: And I'm what, crocheting pubic hair? What am I doing, Michael? That was so specific. But you're right, I'll be quiet. Are you sure you're finished? Finish these nuts, Nick. <laughs> I'm world renowned YP politicist Michael Harriet, and this is Drape Tomaniacs the unshackled history of the first African Americans. If you can recall last week's show, in part one, We established that the origin story of African people in America doesn't begin in 1619, nor does it start with the enslaved. The people who were kidnapped, loaded onto ships, transported across the ocean, and forced into a lifetime of human bondage were more than enslaved property. They were doctors, priests, children, wives, and warriors who were coerced into this racialized labor system through violence or the threat of violence.
4: Welcome back to this special edition of Your Freedom is in Jeopardy, the first African-American. We've met one of our three contestants. Tonight, the remaining two will present their cases for why they deserve to
1: be considered. Say it with me.
5: The first African-American. Juan
1: Garrido, who you met in our last episode, passed away in 1550, but he was not the only African to have made their mark on the land that would become the United States. While none of these people are here to tell you why they deserve to win the title of the first African-American, fortunately, they sent their proxy.
4: Our second participant is the Mortal Kombat fighter we all wish we could pick to have in our corner every time a floor mattress looking ask Karen asks to see our access card to prove that we live in a building. Please introduce yourself.
3: My name is not pertinent to this. I am the attorney representing the innocent protesters who organized the first civil rights protest in the New World. I speak as a proxy for the collective. Sorry, the diligent stewardship of the aunties.
4: So you're related to your clients, the collective.
3: Objection! Relevance?
4: Just seeking clarity.
3: Fine. Let's shoot for clarity. For hundreds of years, The collective, under the diligent stewardship of the aunties, has met great difficulty in its attempt to trace its origins. Their records have either been erased or doctored. First, consider that Africa is not a monolith. Then, attempt to account for my client's stolen agency. Surely you can see how they have come to find value in being represented as a collective. Does that provide you with enough clarity? my clients the collective have a right to this title they must be recognized as the true first african americans without slander or denigration i know that's right
1: we'll continue after this break
0: what if millions of black americans had been compensated for slavery Join me, Tremaine Lee, as I explore the untold story of one of the only Black Americans who ever was. I talk to his descendants and discuss how reparations forever change their family's trajectory and imagine a reality where reparations are paid to the rest of Black America. Into America presents Uncounted Millions, The Power of Reparations, a Black History Month series. New episodes drop Thursdays. Listen now, wherever you get your podcasts.
3: How does AI even work? Where does creativity come from? What's the secret to living longer? TED Radio
2: Hour explores the biggest questions with some of the world's greatest thinkers. They will surprise, challenge, and even change you. Listen to NPR's TED Radio Hour wherever you get your podcasts.
1: We're back. Let's continue with this episode. In 1521, a few months after Spanish explorer Ponce de Leon died from thigh poisoning, Conquistadors landed on the present-day South Carolina coastline for a land-snatching mission. The Spanish crew completed a preliminary survey, but to prove that they had discovered new territory, they kidnapped 60 indigenous people and loaded them onto a ship. One of them was a man named Francisco Chicora. As a matter of fact, I bought a recording of his deposition.
3: the witness has been sworn in please state your full name for the records Francisco Chicora thank you Mr. Chicora whenever you're ready well it was June 24, 1521
6: a few of us had gone to the beach because we were off of work for not yet day it's kind of like Juneteenth but instead of celebrating the end of slavery we celebrate the fact that white people hadn't shown up yet we knew they were coming but you know not yet anyway that's when the not Native Americans finally showed up. Out of nowhere, they bounded us onto a ship.
3: Did they tell you you were being abducted? Or where they were taking you, Mr. Chagora?
6: No, nothing. They didn't even read us all right. I suppose at that point, they felt that we didn't even have any. Anyway, I made sure everyone knew to remain silent. They dropped everyone else off in Hispaniola, but they took me to Spain for an audience with the head of the trafficking cartel.
3: Did you recall his name, this uh, boss? Charles V, I think. Charles Jr. V or something? Do you mean Charles V?
6: Sure, whatever. I taught myself how to speak Cajunese, and they knew that. So they asked me to talk to Charlie 5X about land patents.
1: Excited about the prospect of Bling, Lucas Vasquez de Ayon, another Spanish conquistador, wrote to Spain saying, yo, I'm a better explorer than Ponce de León. His captives were being taken back to Spain to testify that there was no danger at all in South Carolina.
3: Francisco, did Lucas Vasquez de Ion, or the king, tell you what they were planning?
6: Yes, honestly, when I heard them talking about owning our land, I had to keep myself from laughing. Imagine that. Owning piece of the earth? Anyway, I told them that if they took me back home, I'd get them to chief to sell them whatever they wanted for a reasonable price. Heck, I even offered to sell them plots of skies and some wind. But they just wanted the land.
1: Six years after Ayan first kidnapped the 60 natives, he returned to South Carolina in August 1526. But he didn't come alone, nah. He brought more than 600 passengers, dozens of stolen Africans, and livestock. (laughs) And
4: there you have it. Um, okay. I'm a little confused. The Collective, your clients, were the enslaved Africans on board Ion ship? Where's the
3: confusion?
4: They arrived after Juan Garrido, no? How exactly can they claim the title of first African American?
3: The Collective were Africans who were brought to America. Despite what colonial apologist Juan Garrido claims, simply arriving here does not the first African-American make. He didn't even live here. If you went to Disney World, that don't make you Mickey Mouse, does it?
1: Here's where we find ourselves. The politics of being regarded as the first of anything comes with the burden of definitions, but I'm getting ahead of myself here. Ayaan found a place to build the colony on the South Carolina, Georgia coast. And on September 29th, 1526. They christened San Miguel de Guadalpe, the first European settlement in the continental United States. Folks,
4: we have a special treat for you, courtesy of the spokesperson representing the Africans aboard Aeon's ship.
3: Yes, the first Africans in America.
4: Hey, that's still up to the audience. I'm about to read you, drumroll please, an old love letter from one of the crew members aboard that ship. I know. Don't we all just love love? From Geraldo to Bella. It reads
5: Dearest Bella, my love for you is overflowing. I can't wait to reunite. But it is hard in the new world. Our beloved God Francisco ran into the woods the moment we arrived. I can't fathom why. He seemed so happy when we told him we were going to make him a subject of the king. It turns out Aeon is not an actual explorer. So we don't really know where we are. We thought he was using Google Maps, but it turned out he was so lost. He just kept mumbling, rerouting, rerouting. We also are without food because we arrived too late to plant crops. Adyan crashed a supply ship. I surmised maybe he was not that great a driver or explorer. We are hungry as the condemned of Hades. So every day we send the slaves to hunt for us. We also lucked up and found some natives and forced them to feed us. But it's not like welfare or, or handouts since we claim the land. Technically, everything belongs to us. So it's kind of like DoorDash. My sweet Bella, would you believe these slaves refused to drink the water? I don't know if it's a protest or some elaborate reverse racism tactic. Do they have something against the white man's water? They say we shouldn't drink the same water we poop in. I know it sounds foolish, but maybe it's some kind of ancient African traditional promise. I'll send for you as soon as we finish building our new town. Anyway, I have a stomach ache, so I'll let you go. Your loving colonizer, Geraldo.
4: Okay, loving the time of cholera, I guess. <laughs> now, the letter mentions a protest, was that the same protest your clients highlighted in their lawsuit?
3: No. My clients simply knew enough not to drink from the same water supply they pooped in.
1: 350 of Ayon's original 600 had died from dysentery and diarrhea by the time Winter rolled around. The disease, sickness, and conflict caused the Ayan expedition to break into two political factions.
4: A second letter from Geraldo reads,
5: Dearest Bella, I know you can't wait to come where I am, but don't worry. We'll be united soon. In your absence, my love for you blooms like the petals of the loveliest rose. We finally finished the church by the grace of the blue-eyed baby Jesus. Unfortunately, the parishioners in the settlement have chosen sides. Some want to stay and wait for God to deliver us. Others are ready to go. Aon has been sick with the flu. So we want to ensure he stays hydrated. Luckily, there's plenty of water since the racist slaves still refuse to drink our water. They also started a nasty rumor claiming that our poop has diseased the water supply, which frankly is racist. When they go out to find food daily, they take forever to return. I think they're up to something, but no worries. Besides my love for you, the one thing I'm sure of is that they are not smarter than a good sunburnt Christian white man. My stomach is hurting really badly, and the mosquitoes are eating me alive. Still no Francisco. I'm sure he'll be back. Maybe he got held up in traffic? Your loving conquistador, Geraldo.
4: Folks, we have some questions from the interwebs for the spokesperson and the collective. This first one comes from at Uncolored skittle Jan 6. Uncolored Skittles wants to know if... If what? Maybe I shouldn't read this one. Let's pick another.
3: The aunties insist you read the question.
4: Were your clients up to something? Because in October, a group of enslaved people were accused of setting fire to the settlement.
3: We don't know who set that fire. And since we're here... Why are you blaming the black folk?
4: I'm not blaming any- Why?
3: Do you think black people were acting suspicious? I didn't. Wait. But the white people are breaking into factions. Huh. Mr. Host, your bias is showing. There is zero evidence that the collective committed arson or conspired with the Natives to destroy San Miguel, the white people. That's defamation. Strike that from the record.
1: Still not in court. But the records show that a fire broke out and your clients are credited for organizing the first slave revolt in what became America.
3: It was a peaceful protest.
1: In Geraldo's
4: last letter to Bella.
5: Dearest Bella, my body bubbles like a fountain with the thought of your love. The yearning makes me warm. The people we enslave say it's diarrhea and fever from drinking the water, but I'm pretty sure I'm just lovesick. Aeon has died and we are in chaos. The I Want to Leave group has arrested Captain Gomez, the leader of the Stay Put faction, and locked him up. I'd like to come up with better group names, but I'm drowning in something liquid that isn't water. Some of the villagers attacked some of the natives and were killed. Poop It's everywhere. The water is brown. Thankfully, everyone can still drink it, except for the racist slaves. They started calling us boo-boo breath. I've deduced that it's probably African for Supreme Master. I think I saw one of them talking to Francisco the other day, but when I asked, they looked at me like I was crazy. And that's why we kept the matches in the lamp fuel. Maybe my loose bowels are causing me to hallucinate. I better get some more water. (sighs) Gotta go, literally. Also, I think I smell smoke, your favorite
3: dookie breath. Geraldo.
4: So, did the white folk burn the settlement down? Allegedly?
3: All we know is that something happened that caused the defendants to leave their settlement and head back to Hispaniola. We don't know who caused the chaos. What we do know, however, is that the people of colonial complexion have proven to be the violent ones. Perhaps the colonists attacked each other. Hmm. They really need to focus on that white or white violence.
1: It's a severe national crisis.
3: And sure, my clients were communicating with the Shakuri. Yes, eyewitnesses may have placed them at the scene with Francisco. And of course, a few of them had their lighters up. But that testimony should be stricken from the record. You heard Senor Stankmouth say it himself. He had fever dreams. But But what? Were you there? All I'm saying is that there's reasonable doubt. My clients stayed out of that mess and minded their own business, just like they stayed out of that poop water.
1: When the expeditioners abandoned the settlement, only 150 of the original 600 whites returned to Hispaniola. None of the enslaved people made it back. What happened to them? Historians and archaeologists believe that the black members of the Ayon expedition assimilated with the natives and became part of the Chiraw tribe.
3: Wait, Michael. The aunties say you grew up 30 minutes from Chirar, is that correct?
1: Yeah, I did. Not far from Lumberton, South Carolina.
3: So you know the Chirar and Lumbee tribes are phenotypically similar to light-skinned black people. Some experts say that they are descendants of natives and the Africans Aiyan brought who freed themselves.
1: In Tennessee, Virginia, and Kentucky, the people known as Melungeons did a DNA project and found that many of those assigned male at birth had African ancestry. In South Carolina, you also have the brass ankles who are described as neither black nor native. The term red bone actually belongs to a distinct ethnic group in Louisiana, many of whom trace their family ancestry to South Carolina. Then there are distinct cultural groups in South Carolina with Spanish names, but with black and Native American heritage.
3: I'm not at liberty to reveal the whereabouts of the collective, but... Here's a message from the real first African-Americans. We out here. Folks, a round of
4: applause for our second contestant. Please give it up for the spokesperson representing the Africans from the first slave revolt in South Carolina. Thank you for your time.
3: Oh, okay, Uh, Right. Um, So we're out. What do you mean out?
4: Out of the game or?
3: Huh? Yeah, we're out. The other two can have it.
1: What about the title, though? Doesn't the collective want to be forever known as
3: the first African-American? Game show and a podcast, right? I'm off to help the Auntie Sue. A few of them just joined a nail polish MLM. Bye.
0: Up next. So we're all okay with this? We meet our final contestant after the break.
2: Black perspectives haven't always been centered in
3: the telling of America's story. Now we're taking center stage. Introducing NPR's Black Stories, Black Truths, a collection of Black-led stories from NPR's podcasts. Search NPR Black Stories, Black Truths wherever you get your podcasts.
2: With everything you have on your plate, earning your degree online seems impossible. But at Grand Canyon University, we specialize in helping you fit a master's degree in education into your busy day. Your graduation team led by your own GCU counselor provides you with the personal support you need to succeed. Achieve your goals with a plan and team behind you. Find your purpose at Grand Canyon University. Visit gcu.edu.
1: We're back. Let's continue with this episode. A couple of months after a young settlement was allegedly set on fire, Explorer Panfilo Narvaez departed Spain with about 600 people who intended to establish a settlement in La Florida. Narvaez heard about Ponce de Leon's hole, so his merry band of land bandits included 450 troops, wives, indentured servants, navigators, and of course, you know, some enslaved Africans.
4: Welcome back. After that shocking exit, only two remain. Our final contestant is a swashbuckling man often credited with, quote unquote, discovering America. Tell us a bit about yourself, Steve.
7: Hello, I am Mustafa Azimori, also known by my Christian name Esteban Namor, which translates to Black Steve. I started this. This
4: what? America? You started America?
7: Thank you for the acknowledgement. Blessings.
1: I was just repeating
7: you Blessings, brother. Blessings.
1: When they got back to Hispaniola, Ayan's crew was just getting back from their deserted mission. Nearly 100 of Narvaez's men deserted the mission when they heard about what happened with Ayan. 60 more prospective colonizers died in a hurricane on the way to La Florida. By the time Narvaez landed near present day St. Petersburg, he only had about 400 people, including our next guest. Mr. Steve. Just Black Steve. Black
4: Steve, you've made some big claims in your application. Let's go through a couple of them, shall we?
7: Says here you invented baths. I invented taking them regularly,
1: yes. He might sound crazy, but he's kinda right. In the 15th century, A lot of doctors in Europe believed that bathing was dangerous. This is why Queen Isabella bragged that she only took two baths in her whole life. King James said that he was allergic to water, and of course, they didn't use toilet paper. Europeans came over to the New World with the intention of enslaving the natives, just like they'd done the natives in Africa. However... The population of the natives in the Caribbean quickly died off, mostly from diseases like smallpox and yellow fever. They were literally allergic to whiteness. It's one of the reasons white people started the transatlantic slave trade.
7: I was born in sub-Saharan Africa, captured and shipped to
1: Morocco. Now, Morocco is a Muslim country. And one of the foundations of Islam is a ritual cleaning before prayer and after taking a number two. Muslims in North Africa had already learned how to create vaccines by that time, too. And we also know that the Native Americans bathed in streams regularly. Literally, everyone but white people did it.
5: Ah, so this is why they don't be washing their legs.
1: So... If you were
4: indeed the first North African to live in America, it is very likely that you were the first non-native to take regular baths in this country. What about Juan Garrido?
7: Juan? What about him? That little musty thimble let his homeboy Ponce get killed in a drive bow heroin. Uh, let me say this with all due respect, fuck out of here. He was hanging out with those sour cream churners as a Christian. A subject of their king. Trust me, my brother Juan has never seen a washcloth in his life. We used to call him the fresh prince of stale air.
1: Narvaez had declared that he was now the royal governor of La Florida. And anyone listening was now the subject of Charles V by the order of the Pope. And if they didn't convert to the white Jesus, they would be put to death. But unlike Ponce... Nobody mess with Hey
7: Look, the natives weren't afraid of the melanin deficient. They just didn't want to fight because them pale dust mites smelled like old bologna and booty juice. You also claim to be the first
4: non-native to discover gold.
7: I find that hard to believe. Well, I'm sorry to hear that basic comprehension is challenging for you, my brother. That must be hard. Prayers. That's not what I said. We've all got different strengths, brother. It's all good. I just mean that
4: for the sake of our audience. We're going to need someone to corroborate a claim that big.
7: Have you read Alvar Nunez Cabeza de Vaca's recounting of the expedition? He was the right hand of Navarez. He claimed the Spanish discovered gold when they were fishing in old Tampa Bay. Now, does that sound right to you? You think the white boys were fishing for their dinner? Brother, they had slaves. Plus, they didn't even mess with water like that. But I see your emotionally illiterate spirit remains insistent. You desire proof? Hello. Yo, what's good, bruh? It's Black Steve. A long time no Seth.
4: Steve! How long has it been, my man? 500 years?
7: Uh, Let us see. Uh, Our soul sister Rihanna had just released anti so. Yeah, almost. Listen, man, I'm with this dude who was trying to verify my credentials. Yo, uh, tell him about when I found that gold.
1: Yeah, he showed up around the block with some napkin-skinned boys back in 1524. They were apparently claiming our land where they should have been trying to discover some deodorant. We were using sign language, so it is entirely possible that they didn't understand what we meant when we told them they smelled like underarm sweat and oppression. Anyway... Our good man, Steve, found a whisper of gold in the river.
7: Vindication. The blessings to the Most High.
1: Remember how wild them white boys went? Wild. They demanded to know where they can find more. So we told them, you're looking for Appalachie. They have plenty of gold. Sound like a setup to me.
7: Right? My Negro senses started tingling like a black mama when her child closes their bedroom door. I didn't even know my bedroom had a door until I was
4: 27. Anyway.
7: Every native tribe we ran into kept telling us the Apalachee had all the gold. I knew the tribes were up to something, but I said nothing. Slave masters aren't known for listening to advice from their uh, property. So did you go see the Apalachee and ask them for some gold? Ask? <laughs> Have you met white people? They don't ask, man. These white dudes just came up with the whitest plan ever.
1: Navaya sent his crew to look for the Apalachee. One half went up the coast by ship, and the other half was sent by land. They planned to ambush the Appalachian from both the front and the rear. Now, Steve knew this was a bad idea, so he decided to say something. This means that Black Steve, my brother with the free-form Yep, I was the first
7: Black person to tell white people not to split
1: up. Naturally, they ignored him and did it anyway.
7: Everyone knows you don't split up.
1: Mm, I don't know about everyone. Listen, even Harriet Tubman knew that. Earth, Wind, and Fire, they knew that. Everyone except the clear people. No, they love that shit. Think about it. Horror movies, The Beatles. Heck, the Civil War was about slave owners who were afraid that they wouldn't be able to own human beings. So what did they do? They literally split America up.
7: Wait, what exactly is the Civil War?
4: Oh, buddy, wait till you hear about it. Moving me. on. Black Steve. According to Cabeza de Vaca, you finally got to Apalachee territory on June 25th. What was the
7: first thing you noticed? Very few men around. The first thing? Just women and the elderly.
1: Got it. A setup.
7: So uh, Narvaez decides not to wait for backup. They enslaved the old men, forced the women to make food, and made everyone else leave the village so they'd have fewer mouths to feed. I can feel something is up. So I'm nervous as Thomas Jefferson on an episode of Maury. As soon as he began reciting the declaration of uh, claimsmanship, I heard some whizzing in the air and noticed the sky got dark. Bruh, it began literally raining down arrows. It turns out that the Appalachee had baited us into their trap. We were surrounded. Man, for three weeks, if anyone stepped out of the village to hunt or fish, they got a free Appalachian body piercing. Now, I was used to being hungry, so I just found some shelter and waited to see what the white dudes was gonna do. After three weeks, they decided to make a run for it or starve to death, but the Apalachee kept chasing us.
1: Man, this story is exciting. Did any of the friendly natives you ran across earlier help you when you ran into them again?
7: Uh, what part of setup aren't y'all getting? I was wondering why everyone was giggling so much when they told us to go find the Appalachee. It turns out the Appalachian didn't have any gold and everybody knew it. But since we had all these swords and stuff, they figured they'd let the Appalachee take care of the white dudes. Man, those Appalachi chased us all the way to the Florida Gulf. I tried to explain that I didn't have no beef with them, but the Appalachian aren't known for uh, letting bygones
1: be bygones.
7: We had some horses, so we were a little faster.
1: The Spanish and those they had enslaved finally reached the sea, but their reserves had been exhausted, so they ate their horses. That September, they pushed five 30-foot-long rafts into the sea, but only two of them survived to land at Galveston, Texas. The Spanish survivors were immediately enslaved by the natives. How was that?
7: It was fun as hell, man. Fun? Being enslaved? Perhaps fun is too strong a word. I mean, I didn't want to be nobody's slave, but if you gotta be a slave, you, wouldn't you want to see the people who enslaved you become slaves?
1: That kind of tracks. Cabeza de Vaca wrote that by 1532, only four of the original 600 members of the Ayan expedition were still alive. Esteban, Cabeza de Vaca, the guy who enslaved Esteban, And one other white boy. For the next two years, this four-man group traveled throughout Texas, Mexico, and as far as New Mexico and Arizona.
4: Here's another claim. You call yourself the conductor of the Underground Railroad. That's Harriet Tubman, bro.
7: Harriet? Harriet Tubman? Bro, I was helping slaves escape to freedom 300 years before Harriet Tubman. Let's call my homeboy Smoke-A-Lot and ask him.
0: Yo, my man Black Steve, I can't believe you're calling. You must need some weed or something.
7: Nah, brother, I'm here with some dudes and I was telling them about when we met. Tell them what
5: happened.
0: Yeah, so my people, the Vavaries kept hearing that one of the people we brought our um, medicine from had new slaves. Everyone said that there were three pale ones and a black one who was really good at learning new languages. So when we went to pick up some uh, leaf prescriptions, I met Black Steve, and he was so cool. I told him if he ever escapes labor, he could come stay with me for a while. But he kept saying he had to bring his homeboys. One night, he comes knocking on my door with three white boys with no shirts and no shoes. He asked if they could hide out i didn't want no beef with the neighboring villages but steve gave me five pieces of turquoise so i let them crash for a few days we mostly just smoked our medicine and talked all night steve remember when you took that mescal and said you could talk to animals <laughs> boy you were wild when you gonna fall back though you know i got that gas
7: i have no idea what gas is but i gotta run but i'll hit you up and let you know see I told y'all I was the first person to help slaves escape and get them housing along the way. I didn't want to brag, but I was also the first dude to say I got five on it. It was also the first road trip.
1: Okay. Well, when you put it like this, your account is actually corroborated by Cabeza de Vaca, Spanish historians, and indigenous oral histories. You, Cabeza, your enslaver, and one other dude made it to New Spain, or Mexico City on July 23rd, 1536. So in all, you traveled 3,500 miles and spent eight years in what is now U.S. territory. The accounts from the time say you were the biggest celebrity in Mexico and you got a hero's welcome into the city and that everyone wanted to meet Esteban El Negro. What did they give you as a reward? Slavery, no cap. When
7: I got to New Mexico, The people who I helped escape from slavery sold me to Antonio de Mendoza y Pacheco, a rich, powerful viceroy
1: and close friend of King Charles V. Nah, bro, that can't be true. That's gotta be the whitest gift ever. Hey, you gotta call somebody. I don't believe this one.
2: Um, this your boy, LL Cool Juan. While I am definitely the first African American, my man Steve is not capping on this one. Remember, I was living in Mexico City at the time and heard Viceroy Mendoza was looking for an explorer to lead an expedition over the Sierra Madres. I sent him my resume, and when I heard they chose a black man, I started packing my bags. But then I saw Mendoza's letter to the people leading the expedition. If, with the help of God, our Lord, and the grace of the Holy Spirit, you find a route by which to travel on and penetrate the interior... You will take with you as guide Esteban de Dorantes, who I ordered you to obey completely. When I heard there was a new black explorer in town, I was like, This town's not big enough for two cute black men. That's actually why I applied for my conquistador pension. Told you I was the first dude to force someone into early retirement.
1: Okay. I'm going to give you credit on this one. There is a mountain of historical evidence that a black man named Esteban the Negro led an unarmed contingent of indigenous Mexicans across the Sierra Madre Mountains, a feat that had been unsuccessfully attempted by every notable Spanish explorer on the continent. They also say you seemed able to befriend every group of natives you encountered, even those who were hostile, but they also say you met your death during this journey in 1539 at the hands of the Zuni, a tribe near the border of Arizona and New Mexico. Some non-European scholars, however, believe you convinced the Zuni into helping you fake your death so you could finally be a free man. So tell us, what really happened?
7: Maybe I met a native woman that lived happily ever after. Maybe I was killed by a hostile tribe. Does it
1: matter? It kind of does. This is part of American history. People want to know, bro. <laughs> Y'all
7: hear this man talking about the same American history that says, Christopher Columbus discovered
2: a land he never set foot in? Ron DeSantis, America? <laughs> no, he's talking about the country that says all men are created equal. The Civil War was not about slavery, America.
3: No. He means the place where there's liberty and justice for all. You know, where Jesus wrote the Constitution.
1: (laughs) You're back?
3: The aunties changed their minds.
1: Okay, I get it. But it's not up to me. It's up to the audience to decide who is the first African American. But ultimately, does it even matter? Think about this. Juan Garrido was on the first non-native expedition to the U.S. mainland. That is a fact. We also know that the enslaved Africans who came with Ayon actually lived in what became America, even if we don't know if they survived or for how long. Whatever happened to Mustafa Azamuri, a.k.a. Black Steve, it's not up for debate that he lived in the U.S. mainland and possibly saw more of this country than anyone before him. We know he died there. So... No matter who you think is the first African American, the first non-indigenous American was black. Even the indigenous people they call savages were just fighting for their right to life, liberty, and the pursuit of happiness. Make no mistake. The first Americans were drapetomaniacs. Or, as it is said in New Mexico and Arizona by the caretakers of the indigenous Pueblo nation's history, The first white man our people saw was a black man. On the next episode of Tryptomaniacs Unshackled History... By the time we'd arrived in Louisiana, the place had only been a part of America for
4: five years. But we were trained West African soldiers, hand-to-hand combat, gun training, war tactics. The special set of skills Liam Neeson loved to bang on
1: about, we'd already perfected them we tell you about the 1811 revolt that brought the African diaspora together. drake to is a collaboration between Other Tone, Sony Music Entertainment, and Queer Media. This podcast is produced by Nolika Radway and Moses Shoyola with senior producer Janicia Francis, managing producer Joanne DeLuna, and production coordinator Homero Radway. Executive producers for this show are Pharrell Williams and Scott Venner. Our team includes Silas Miami, Dallas Rico, Roderick Morrow, and Danielle Solomon. Special thanks to voice actors, Glory Radway, Audrey Anderson, Jillian Roberts, Andy Taradath, David Van Delden, Andrea O'Brien-Vives, and Jason Vives. Our sound engineer is Marcelino Von Calias. Our fact checker is LaPorsche Thomas. Music supervisor is Tim Hotep Aku. The theme song is Freedom by Pharrell Williams. This episode features 96 by Black Noise, Bottled Drizzy Tears by Suzy Analog, and music by Rashad Moultrie and Chad Milner. This episode featured Charlemagne the God as the voice of God, Brandon Victor Dixon as Black Steve, Angelica Ross as the spokesperson, And Panama Jackson as the game show host. Read more by Michael Harriet at thegrio.com. Freedom.
2: Freedom. Freedom.